Yes, sir. Welcome in, everybody, to a Memorial Day weekend, uh, reunited, and it feels so good. The uh, Peaches and Herb edition of Steel Man and Thune today here on this Friday. I am out at Riverwind Casino, and this is a huge weekend at Riverwind. Every weekend at Riverwind Casino is super special, but we kick off the outdoor concert series Beats and Bites Tomorrow night out there, I there the Beats and Bites stage is pretty much up out there. I drove in, and there it is. There it is. 38 special and Blue Oyster Colt on the Beats and Bites stage. Coming up tomorrow night outdoors here at Riverwind. Incredible food trucks out there. Some great music, arts and crafts, games for the kids, outdoor environment with some really cool music. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite. You're going to have a great time. If you don't have tickets, uh, younger kids get in free, but the tickets are only 10 bucks. It is one of the best bargains in entertainment every late spring on into summer with Beats and Bites. And we start the festivities tomorrow night. Again, 38 special in Blue Oyster Colt. Then in June, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. July 8th, big time show. Mark Chestnut, Shannon Doa, and Tracy Bird with a fireworks show to follow. Uh, July 8th and August 26th, the music of Gary Allen will wrap up Beats and Bites 2023. Get your tickets again here at the box office at the casino or online at riverwind.com. And again, we, we have uh, indoor shows coming beginning June 23rd. The renovation is almost complete. I, I'm going to put it at 97% complete right now. And uh, we will have Earth, Wind, and Fire starting the festivities at the Showplace Theater, which returns from a three-year hiatus due to the pandemic. June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Collective Soul, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Gabriel Iglesias, uh, super funny comedian, July 29th. In August, two shows. Dwight Yoakam on the 19th. Counting Crows on August 25th. September, how about REO Speedwagon? September 8th, and Chicago, September 15th. We have shows on the way in the fall. Also from Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis. Always a great time out here at Riverwind Casino with uh, not only the best games and the best gaming environment and service and hotel and everything else, but the best promotions and the best concerts indoor and outdoor as well here at Riverwind. Parker Thune, how are you? Well, I just had a sneezing fit right before we went on air, Steely, so I'm like trying to... Are you allergic to me? Again. No, I don't think I, I – listen, Steely, I was I was thinking about it this morning when I walked into the studio and I realized, oh, shoot, he's out at Riverwind today. We haven't been in the same studio together since, what, last Wednesday? I know that's crazy, and Connor does an unbelievable job. He He's getting better and better and better and better. He's a great kid who works hard. He's awesome. The, but I do get a little bit scared when you're not on because recruiting questions still come in. And uh-huh. in terms of recruiting questions coming in, I'm at about the double A level. You're in the major leagues. So I always am a little bit, uh, uh, you know, leery of trying to answer recruiting questions because I'm keeping up as best I can, but I can't keep up like you can or Brandon can. Uh, by the way, Brandon Drum will be joining us, Parker's colleague, OU Insider, and the Rivals Network coming up at 135 today here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Hey, I want to jump heavily into recruiting in the next segment, but there's only one lead story today, ladies and gentlemen. The juggernaut known as the OU softball program, Patty Gasso and the Sooners rolling into Super Regional action at Marita Hines Field 
1 o'clock today on ESPN2 against Clemson in the first round. The Sooners, the number one overall seed. Clemson, seeded 16th. Valerie Cagle, great pitcher and hitter, uh, will be trying to take the Sooners down. We'll see how it unfolds today. I, I, I like Oklahoma's chances. They're 54-1 and playing at home. They haven't lost uh, at home in forever. They've won 46 in a row. They win the first two games of this series as they are favored to do. Then they would set the all-time NCAA winning streak at 48 games, breaking the old mark held by Mike Candrea's Arizona Wildcats. Uh, And they would close down Marita Hines Field having the all-time winning streak. And then they would move on, of course, to Love's Field next season. But let's uh, let's talk about uh, this matchup today. And uh, Patty Gasso isn't normally one to just throw out superlatives and, you know, talk any trash at the opposition. She's not like that. But uh, this comment was very interesting when she was asked at uh, the media gathering the other day. Uh, she was asked her impressions of how her team played last week. They dominated that regional. They won. Uh, they had 38 runs. They gave up three. And they run-ruled everybody. Here is Patty talking about being uh, pretty impressed with her team's performance last week. The word we talked about was bold. And I felt that they had a very bold presence, a very suffocating approach I, I i felt it if i was an opponent i would feel OU just almost unstoppable i felt every part of our game was on point which is a sign of a lot of confidence so practices have been good they've been working hard at practice they just look confident they look ready to play how about that parker patty saying man you know if i'm an opponent of ours right now i'm thinking oh blank you know here comes oklahoma's even better than i thought and uh like i said they absolutely just destroyed that field last week now the issue can be you run into a really good pitcher valerie cagle is that again one of the top three finalists for national player of the year and she's also a a a good hitter as well a lot of home runs rbis uh but again oklahoma is just a different animal, I think, than, than anybody Clemson has seen this year. Um, not saying it's a guaranteed done deal for OU, but you know what, Parker? I feel pretty good about OU's chances uh, to wrap this up in a couple games. As do I, Steely, and I think what – look, it, if you are an Oklahoma fan tracking the happenings in the world of softball as we get closer and closer to the Women's College World Series, obviously what gives you the most confidence – is that your team seems to be, well, not seems to be, is and has been the dominant force, leaps and bounds ahead of the competition in the landscape of collegiate softball. But also, if you want to narrow the focus to just this matchup with Clemson, I think what gives you even more confidence as an Oklahoma fan is knowing that really all you got to do is get to Valerie Cagle. And we talked about it yesterday. As long as you can break through against Clemson's ace pitcher, they don't really have anybody behind Kegel that's going to be able to shut down your offensive firepower. So it's essentially Valerie Kegel versus Oklahoma at this point. If you can get past Kegel, if you can push a couple runs across, build a lead, establish some distance, then you're well on your way to a sweep. Now, it's if Kegel starts to heat up against those Sooner bats and – 
uh, is able to keep them off the scoreboard for a few frames. It maybe just maybe you start to get a little bit uneasy, but we've seen it time and again with this program. They're inevitable, Steely. Even if they don't have the surge in the first couple innings, you know that by the time the sixth or seventh rolls around, they're going to start breaking through. They're going to start chipping at the cracks. All right, let's hear from T.R.A. Jennings on uh, what's at stake this weekend. The number one thing is winning this regional and obviously getting to Hall of Fame Stadium and playing from the uh, the championship. Uh, the Sooners are looking for a three-peat, but they're really not thinking about that. Let's hear what T.R.A. Jennings had to say, not only about this streak. Again, if they win the next two games, they've got the all-time record. T.R.A. said, not thinking about that, not thinking about a three-peat either. Honestly, just more of taking it all in the environment. It's our last Super Regional at Marita Hines, so I'm really looking forward to um, the crowd and Sooner Nation coming involved, but um, kind of just doing what we've been doing. There's no pressure to win. There's no pressure to lose. Just being out there and being neutral, um, but you know, you can't take it for granted. This could be our last games, and we're going to go out there and uh, make it not be. We don't really talk about winning. We don't really talk about losing. We've just been at a neutral state, so I think our heads have been in the right mind space um, pretty much all season long. So I just think um, there's not really any pressure and there's nothing on our backs that's making us say, like, three-peat, three-peat, three-peat. We don't really feel any of that. We're just going out there and having fun. There you go. So they're trying to stay loose. And uh, Patty has said many times in a bunch of press conferences they don't talk about a three-peat. You know, they just don't talk about that. They talk about getting better. They talk about, you know, playing uh, a well-rounded game and you look i think oklahoma's done that they're the best offensive team in the country they're the best defensive team in the country and they have the best pitching staff in the country so they just try and play at the top of their game and they think if they can do that all that stuff falls in place so again we'll see what happens today one o'clock on espn2 and again uh, the sooners and clemson in the uh, norman super regional so all right, I have heard something here, Parker, and I'll, I'll check that there may be a power outage at 12.15. It's, it's kind of a weird deal. I'm going to try and investigate here. So a if something outage. happens, I yeah, there's there's like some kind of issue that's going on and they've got a power down or something. I'm going to try and find out. I'm just saying if I get zapped all of a sudden, that would be it. All well, right? you think we should hit now, a break here to try and avoid the outage? Yeah, that Yeah, that's... Yeah, and it, I, it was on the intercom. It's something that has to be done because there's some kind of issue or something. So, anyway, I will find out. That's a good idea. Let's take a break a little bit early. want to thank, by the way, our friend uh, Tim Lasher, his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune. They'll do great work for you. Summer's not far away. It's going to get hot. It's going to get humid. You need your A.C. ready to run for the whole summer. Get it tuned up. Get it checked out. Tim Lasher's company, Lasher Home Comfort System, will do a great job for you. 405-579-3113. All right, break time right here. We'll get back. If I'm not zapped, we are talking all recruiting. And you know what? I'm ingenuity. I am, what is the word I'm looking for? I've got enough ingenuity that I will find a way to find a good phone line if something happens. All right? Stay with us. Coming right back here on The Ref. Okay, back here at Riverwind, uh, Parker, uh, I've said many times on the show I come from a, a long line of panickers, and it looks like we're going to be fine. It's going to be happening on the other side of the casino. All I heard 
in my headset while we were talking OU softball, attention, there will be a power shutdown around 12.15, and I thought, what? But that's happening this, in another uh, area of the casino. Does this so. make you an electricity doomer? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Like I said, I was trying to talk softball, and I heard that, you know, on the loudspeaker at the same time, and I thought, there's no power outage. We're doing radio over here. So, yeah, the one area of the casinos that's going to affect. So, anyway. Hey, I want to do a Parker Thune status report on some recruits right now because we haven't done this, uh, you know, this week, and uh, we haven't been, uh, like I said, reunited. It feels so good, peaches and herb. Uh, And I want to get the status of some recruits right now, all right? And what I want you to do, we do the status update every now and then. I'm going to give you some names. You give me on a scale of 1 to 10 what you think the Sooners' chances are right now. Now, I'm looking at right now basically uh, the top. These prospects have to be in the top 150, all right, of the national rankings. Are you ready? Scale of 1 to 10. And if you want to make a brief comment or whatever, feel free. Do it. Uh, but let's run through this list. And uh, these are all highly ranked prospects, obviously. Let's start with David Stone. Seven out of ten on David Stone right now. All right. Uh, I've seen some panickers out there that I a couple the other day I saw on Twitter, we're not going to get Wesco or Winery or Stone, any of these guys. All right, so seven uh, out of ten right now on David Stone. What about Bryant Wesco? Six out of ten on Bryant Wesco, and I would say six out of ten on Williams and Winery as well. And the main competitors right now uh, for Wesco and Winery would be who? For Wesco, it's probably TCU at the moment. For Winery, I would say Tennessee and Oregon are the two I'm most concerned about. Okay. Uh you know, some people think it's still a long shot, but I'm going to throw the name out there, linebacker Sammy Brown. Yeah, two out of ten. Two out of ten for Sammy Brown, who is really of all those, uh, I think in the last top 100 I saw, Winery was three, Sammy Brown was five, Wesco was nine, David Stone was ten. Um and, again, like I said, I'm throwing a couple names out there that are considered maybe long shots for Oklahoma. I just want to know how long of a shot. Here's another one, Kobe Black, the cornerback out of Waco. Uh, one out of ten. Okay. Dominic McKinley, the defensive lineman out of Lafayette, Louisiana. I mean, I've, I'm not really a believer yet, but – I will say the Sooners got as good a chance as anybody right now in the process. I'd say I'll give it a 4 out of 10. Maybe that's a little bit on the optimistic side, but I'll say 4 out of 10. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. 4 out of 10, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, Number one running back in the country recently uh, put on that pedestal, Taylor Tatum, the running back, Longview, Texas. Mm, I'm warming up on this one. I'm warming up on this one. It's between OU and Michigan. I lean OU right now. I'll probably say 6 out of 10 on Taylor Tatum. There you go. DeMarco Murray, again, uh, has shown that he's a pretty effective recruiter, no doubt, and he can close as well, so we'll see what happens with Taylor Tatum. Uh, Braden Platt, linebacker out of the state of Washington. 
Uh, it feels like OU has the slight lead right there, but there are a bunch of other schools in contention. I'll say this is this one is a coin flip between OU and the field. I'll put it at five out of ten. Joseph Jonah Ajonye, the uh, defensive lineman from uh, Conroe, Texas. That one's a straight up coin flip between Oklahoma and Georgia right now, and it'll be decided with his official visits to Norman and to Athens, respectively next month so i'll say that one's five out of ten for me as well okay this is the uh, parker status report on uh, some of the uh, recruits again well the ones that i can think of in the top 150 right now how about this one offensive tackle from the state of massachusetts liam andrews interesting this that's a name i haven't heard in a while i i will say he's been to norman multiple times Bill Biedenboe's guy, this is just kind of the way it is right now with offensive line targets in the 2024 class. Bill Biedenboe's in a real good spot with a lot of them, but very quietly, i.e. you don't see a ton reported on these guys. I'll say 3 out of 10 right now on Liam Andrews, but consider, Steely, you got Marcus Easley very, very high on Oklahoma. Grant Bricks is very high on Oklahoma. Bennett Warren is quietly high on Oklahoma. Bill Biedenboe is going to have himself a nice class one way or another as long as a couple. I would say if you get two of that group that I mentioned, that's a huge win. You already have one commit in Isaiah Autry and oh, using a sneaky good spot for an interior guy, a pure center in the 2024 class, the nation's top pure center in Jason Zandamella out of Florida. There you go. All right, I've got a couple more names. Uh, Nigel Smith, of course, the D lineman out of Melissa, Texas. What do you think for the Sooners right now? Still feel pretty good about Nigel Smith and OU. I'll put that one at 7 out of 10. And uh, offensive tackle Grant Bricks from the uh, state of Iowa. Ah, yes. It's hard hard to tell on this one. This feels to me like it's going to come down to Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Notre Dame. He's going to OV to all three places in the month of June. In my mind, Oklahoma has the slight edge on Notre Dame. I don't know if they have much of an edge on Nebraska. I'll put it at 4 out of 10 right now on Grant Bricks. Okay, and then uh, the running back position. We talked about Taylor Tatum, who just uh, was ranked as the uh, number one running back in the country in the latest uh, top 100 uh, out of Longview, Texas. You say the Sooners have a, have a shot there. You gave it a 6 out of 10 right now. What else is happening there? Uh, you know, Xavier Robinson, right? You're thinking Notre Dame's in the mix. They are. And we've talked about Tavani Mizell. We've took Caden Durham, you know, LSU. Uh, could that change? You said the Sooners could take, you know, as many as three running backs. Maybe one of those is an H-back. But what are you thinking right now running back-wise for OU? If you had to guess the three, who would the three be? Well, they're only taking three running backs if one of them is Xavier Robinson. So you're in a dogfight right now with Notre Dame for the rights to Xavier Robinson's services. He would He's essentially a bonus take at running back because he's an in-state kid, who doesn't exactly fit that mold of a traditional halfback. And so he's one of those guys that, especially being right up the road, you're just going to make room for kind of a positionless offensive player in a lot of ways. So though he would technically be best categorized as a running back, I don't know that that completely does his game justice. 
the two running backs that I think end up in this class right now, I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I'll say it's Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham. Caden Durham, to me, that's a coin flip between OU and LSU. OVs will go a long way towards deciding that one. Feels like Taylor Tatum is leaning more toward OU than Michigan right now, but Michigan is by no means out of the race. What's going to be interesting to watch down the stretch here is there's a running back from Bishop Gorman High School out in Las Vegas by the name of Micah Kaapana, and he's a three-star kid in the 2024 class. He has an offer from the University of Michigan, and he's taken an official visit up there on June 9th. Now, Michigan is regarded across the industry as the team with the inside track for Micah Kaapana. If he were to commit to Michigan, Michigan would have two running backs in the 2024 class. I doubt that would mean they stop pushing for Taylor Tatum entirely, but no doubt that would give DeMarco Murray another bullet point to put in front of Taylor Tatum and say, hey, you're going to be much more of an asset here, far more valued here than you will be at Michigan because we don't have any running backs in this class yet. I'm offering to make you my top guy. You can be the first through the wall in the class of 2024. At Michigan, you're just one of a trio. There you go, a status update from Parker Thune right here on The Ref on this Friday, Memorial Day weekend. I am here at Riverwind Casino. Always love being out here. What a weekend we have. Tonight is steak night at the River Buffet. Tomorrow night they have seafood night, big-time brunch at the River Buffet on Sunday. They've got great dining options. I'm standing right here in front of Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. It is a quaint little place with a great menu, really cool bar, They also have individual TV screens at your booths where if you want to watch the game, uh, like today, you want to come out here and have a great lunch and watch a little uh, Sooner softball, you can do it right there at your booth while you have like a beer pretzel with cheese or I love they make a great chicken pot pie, great dining options here. They've got a tremendous food court at Riverwind. And again, Saturday night, tomorrow night, first Beats and Bites show of 2023, 38 special and blue oyster cult on the Coupe Works Beats and Bites stage tomorrow. Food trucks everywhere. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite. It is going to be a great night as we start another great season of Beats and Bites shows outdoors here at Riverwind. Let's break right here. Mike Steely and Parker Thune with you on this Friday. When we get back, uh, why don't we visit the Air Comfort Salute? Um, I just did it. I'm scoring. All right, scoring at home, it's an error. On me. It's an error right there. Broke up the perfect game right there. I'm an idiot. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 651-3439. All right. Let's hear from you guys, the Rep Army, when we get back. We're back Friday here at Riverwind, Steelman, and Thune heading into Memorial Day weekend. Hoping you're having a great Friday. Sooner softball, uh, first pitch coming up here in about a uh, little over 25 minutes. We'll keep you posted on what's happening over at Marita Heinz Field, the Sooners and Clemson in the uh, Super Regional Game 1. All right. Uh, by the way, I've got so many uh, stat sheets here and everything, and uh, I write small. Uh, because I, I want to get everything on one sheet, maybe two sheets at the most. You know what you need? You need Eagle Vision. You need vision that is vastly superior to those of the mortal man or woman. 
And if you're uh, getting older like me, you're probably either farsighted or nearsighted. And you need to call my guy, Dr. Bellardo. He'll do great work for you there at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. I've known uh, Dr. B and the uh, professionals there for a long time. They help me a bunch, no doubt about it. They can help you as well. Give them a call at 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo himself. They've been the leaders in the Oklahoma City metro area around the state at Vision Correction for a long time. You want to go with the best, go with Dr. Bellardo and Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. As they always say, if... Uh, you want to see far and you want to see near you need to come here to the advanced laser and cataract center one of the underrated steely dan songs playing in the loudspeakers dirty work all right uh parker you ready to go to the uh knippelmeyer chevrolet text line let's go there and see what the folks are saying oh boy people are still wanting to talk about zadavian sims from the 580 Parker says there is animo- animosity with C4 over the defensive lineman Sims. What was their part? Well, obviously, C4 is in a lot of ways home for Zadavian Sims. It's where he's trained for the last five years. And so uh, the fellow that runs C4 is a good friend of mine, Sean Cooper. Uh, and Sean has been a father figure in Zadavian's life really ever since Zadavian began training up there at C4. And. Where Sean kind of went wrong in the whole ordeal, at least from the OU perspective, was Zadavian Sims kept telling the Oklahoma staff up until the morning of his commitment last Saturday to Oregon that he was coming to OU. And Sean obviously had the opportunity to disclose to the OU staff throughout the week that Sims was going to Oregon, or at the very least, heavily leaning Oregon, if you don't want to completely spoil the kid's secret. Uh, but obviously what <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. OU was kind of taken aback when they found out the morning of, oh, Zadavian Sims, despite what he's been telling us all week and despite what his camp has been telling us, or rather withholding from us all week, uh, he's going to the University of Oregon. So uh, that's kind of the root of the animosity I don't think that somebody said C4 blew up their relationship with Oklahoma. Clever. Um, but I I don't think that those bridges are beyond repair with C4. I do not get the sense that Oklahoma is going to continue to engage with Zadavian Sims unless he comes and grovels at the feet of the Oklahoma staff and said, and were to say, hey, I screwed up. I want to maintain contact with OU. I want to take an official visit. I want to see where this goes. But Zadavian Sims is going to have to be the one that initiates that contact, I believe. As far as C4 is concerned, there were some bridges that were damaged over the weekend. Not burned entirely, but severely damaged. And I, I, I feel like time is going to heal that wound eventually, but that's exactly what it's going to take is time. It's not going to happen overnight. There you go. All right. Uh, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's hear what you folks have to say on this Friday heading into Memorial Day weekend. Five-star Randy says, if we finish second in a recruiting battle and don't burn any bridges with that recruit, would you think in this portal era we would have a better chance of landing that recruit if they enter the portal? I think it depends on the recruit. Because, for instance, let's just say for the sake of the argument that Zadavian Sims, let's use him as the example, let's say he goes up to the University of Oregon, has a standout freshman year, 
but decides, you know what, I don't like it up here in Eugene. I want to be closer to home. What's going to happen when you're talking about an interior defensive lineman with a proven track record of production at the Power 5 level? You don't get a whole lot of guys in the portal with that type of resume. So what's going to happen when Zadavian Sims hits the portal? What's it going to turn into, Steely? Yeah, and, and you know, in this day and age, you got to be careful. And unless you just completely detonate a bridge, you know, uh, you've got to be careful because that player, again, can come back to you. I mean, there are probably still some Oklahoma fans that think that David uh, David Hicks, DJ Hicks, might still wind up at Oklahoma, right? I think that's a possibility as far as Hicks is concerned, but that's a year or two down the road at least. It's I'm looking at it more from the standpoint of, okay, if you finish second on a wide receiver, for instance, and he really liked right. OU throughout the recruitment process, yeah, if he hits the transfer portal down the road, you'll have a really good shot to land him naturally as long as the relationships are still there. But with a defensive lineman, with somebody like Zadavian Sims, no, you're going to get what happened with Bear Alexander all over again, which is he's going to get a bag, he's going to get a promise of financial benefit, and it's going to be pretty darn evident as soon as he hits the transfer portal where his next destination is, and odds are that's not going to be Oklahoma. All right. Uh, you know, it's uh, – you you just these, – these kids, again, I think a couple things come in – into play here and you know this better than i do parker you're on top of all this but by just from an outsider's perspective again you're 17 18 years old it's not easy to pick up the phone and call brent Vittables or todd bates and say i know you guys we've had a great relationship but i am not coming that's a terrifying thing for some kids and again i know a lot of you think oh well he's a grown man have you seen how big he is or whatever he's still 17 or 18 years old so i'm not going to write the kid off like he's some horrible human again uh, think of some of the things that you did when you were 17 or 18 years old. And the other part of this is I think a lot of these kids or the people who uh, worked them out or I, I don't know if represent them is the right way to phrase it, but they want to try and keep this a secret for as long as they can, you know, for their brand, for engagement on Twitter and Instagram. So they want to, you know, and, and maybe part of that equation is I got to, you know, string some people along, which is not cool at all. I remember my first girlfriend, don't want to mention any names, Lori Sheridan back in the day. Uh, this was uh, fifth grade, and I thought we were exclusive, you know, and I find out she was also, you know, Bill's girlfriend, Bill representing Oregon here. You know, I was Oklahoma, and... Uh, uh, ended up committing to Oregon, Bill. And I remember thinking, you are a lying scumbag, even all the way back in the fifth grade. But, again, this was fifth grade. That's a horrible analogy, I know. But what do you think about, is there too much of this, uh, you know, you kind of know where I'm going, but I'm going to keep it a secret, and I, I want to make sure that I keep, you know, people uh, guessing because of the brand and all that stuff. And uh, is that playing into it too much to an extent, Parker? I, I mean, yes. I think naturally that's going to play into it to a certain extent. But I'm just so distracted. I'm looking at the text line, and in the middle of all this conversation, somebody goes, don't start this nonsense again saying Dylan Gabriel is better than Landry Jones. 
is somebody on is somebody listening via Internet Explorer and is chiming in on a conversation that happened an hour ago or something? Because <laughs> that is brand freaking. Hello. Uh, we have not talked about that today. You might want to put the weed down. Okay, sorry. Todd Bates' nemesis on the text line says, Why would Sean Cooper ruin the relationship with the premier program in the state? Quit lying, Parker and Brandon. Well, Todd Bates' nemesis, I can assure you we're not lying. And I can promise you, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about the situation last week. I've talked to Coop, and I don't think he was planning on the relationship getting fractured the way it was fractured, but this is the nature of the deal in these types of sensitive situations when a kid's trying to keep a secret and is telling both camps what they want to hear. We said it leading up to the announcement from Zadavian Sims, Steely. He was going to have people pissed at him no matter whether he picked Oklahoma or no matter whether he picked Oregon because, again, he was telling both schools that he was going there. So, naturally, when you're as tied into the recruitment as C4 and Sean were – then you're going to take some flack and you're going to have people mad at you by proxy, if nothing else. And so I, I'm not lying, Todd Bates' nemesis. All of this went down the way I'm relaying it. Uh, but whether or not it's fair, that's for you to make a judgment. At the end of the day, if you're mad at anybody, I think, I think the, the one that deserves the criticism that's going to be thrown his way above all else is the kid because it's the kid that ultimately made the decision to go about this process the way that he did. There you go. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm getting uh, people text me, a, a guy that I really respect and like a lot, but saying, ah, this kid, what was it? Uh, here it is. It is. He's a chicken bleep. And has burned every bridge in Oklahoma for life, C-4-2. This is a very good individual. I like him, but he's very upset, as you can tell. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Is that a little extreme, in your opinion, Parker? You know, you if you're Oklahoma, I can see why you're upset about it. I definitely can see why you're upset about it. I don't like it either. When I first saw it, I thought, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, but again... I think you have to give this kid a a break because, again, he's 17 or 18 years old, and hopefully he learns from this that you can't you can't treat a situation like this. That's my take. <laughs> oh, this is uh, – we've gotten a whole bunch of very interesting texts over the last few minutes. I'm trying to decide which ones we have time to hit and which one we don't. But the recruiting doomer did say, Parker, screw that dude. You are not a liar. I, re- I appreciate you defending my honor, the recruiting doomer. Although you are generally cynical when it comes to recruiting, I do appreciate you coming to my defense in this instance, and you are a valued member of the Army. There you go. All right, let's take a quick break right here. Man, I went a couple minutes over. What an amateur. Jeez. Stay on the clock, dude. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, we've got a lot of things coming up. Brandon Drum's going to join us at 135. No doubt about that. Right here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And Beats and Bites tomorrow night. Don't have your tickets. Get them now. Get them now for Blue Oyster Colts and 38 Special here on stage at Beats and Bites 2023 tomorrow night. Be right back here on The Ref. Tomorrow night. You will hear this tune.
Bring your cowbell. Bring your cowbell to Beats and Bites 2023. Blue Oyster Colts will be on stage, as will 38 Special. Tomorrow night we kick off Beats and Bites 2023. It should be a heck of a show. It should be a great weather as well. What I'm looking at, it's going to be about... Uh, when they're on stage, about uh, 75 degrees, which uh, is about perfect, right? So get on out here, Loyster Colts, and 38 Special tomorrow night as we start Beats and Bites 2023, the summer concert series. Not quite in summer yet. We have one in the spring, and then uh, all the rest are in the sum- – the, uh, this is driving me insane. Okay. Uh, we also have <laughs> coming up uh, Gin Blossoms and Tonic – coming up in june in uh, july we also have uh mark chestnut shenandoah and tracy bird and gary allen on august 26th by the way again tickets just 10 bucks for these great events younger kids get in free and again you can bring your own folding chairs we have food trucks the best local food trucks all over the place out there Beats and Bites 2023 begins tomorrow night. Okay, let me ask you another question. There used to be an old adage that, and I'm hearing from a, a friend of mine who uh, I, I, I like very much. Sooner fans would know who he is, but I'm not going to mention the name. But, uh, you know, saying that, you know, these are lifelong decisions, and if you're going to live in the state of Oklahoma, you know, these are long-term financial decisions. They don't think about that. And that used to be the way, like, if somebody, if some kid who could be a star in state left the state, the thought was, well, he could have cashed in later, you know, after his career or after a potential pro career by staying in the state of Oklahoma. You know, uh, but how many of those kids are actually able to do that? I mean, you've got Jason White, uh, the big-time players, uh some of them have you've got to be a fairly prominent player to take advantage of that but the other factor right now is the nil you know who knows how much oregon is going to give to zadavian sims once he's there or whatever right uh so that factor has been negated uh i don't want to say completely but certainly to an extent by the nil money out there in collectives right parker is that is that a big deal? Because, it, yeah, man, what a crazy decision. This kid's going to leave the state. He's forfeiting all these dollars. Well, he may be getting a bunch of dollars up front, you know, uh, that kind of negates that factor that we used to talk about so much. Yeah, I, look, NIL and the promises therein are going to convince a lot of kids to make decisions based on exactly zero other factors. And I'm not saying that happened with – Zadavian Sims. I'm not saying that happened with anybody in particular. I'm just saying it happens. We all see it. We all understand it's going on. Kids commit to schools based on the promises of significant financial gain, whether those promises are fulfilled or not. Now, I think what we've seen over the course of the first two years of the NIL era is that a lot of those promises have gone unfulfilled, Steely. You can't look at True. Texas A&M's transfer rate amongst their historic 2022 class and tell me that money wasn't involved in those kids' decisions to depart, or rather, the lack of promised money. So, yes, NIL 
is preeminent in so many of these kids' decisions. And it not only comes down to the kid, but the people around them as well to be guiding them in the right direction, making sure that they're making a decision that benefits them in the long run rather than just the short term. Because, look, I, I know firsthand, Steely, stories of kids who have jumped at the promise of a sum of money that quite honestly is not that substantial in you when you put it in greater perspective. And they end up unhappy at a school that they don't really want to be at, and the money that they're getting, the money that they received in order to make that move, to make that commitment, to enroll at that particular school, it's less than life-changing money. Yeah, and, and my thought is still, I'm not uh, disputing that, you know, staying in the state, if you're a great player and you're not going to be able to cash in on that for a long, long time, that can still happen. But sometimes these NIL amounts, we just don't know. Um, I would think it was significant for a guy like DJ Hicks when he made his decision. All right, uh, Sooner softball starting here in just a little bit. Uh, Beats and Bites 2023 happening at Riverwind. The outdoor concert series kicks off tomorrow night. Blue, Oyster, Colts, and 38 special. It'll be a heck of a show. Get your tickets at riverwind.com. Weather's going to be great. Going to be a great atmosphere. Get on out here tomorrow night to start Beats and Bites 2023. Another hour to go. Keep it here on The Ref. Here at Riverwind on a Friday. Mike Steele here at Riverwind. Parker Thune back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Uh, we'll be uh, looking for your text, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Getting underway here in just a couple minutes. We'll have uh, Clemson in Oklahoma from Marita Hines Field. Oklahoma and Clemson in the uh, Super Regional here in Norman. All right, uh, Brandon Drum will join us on the Riverwind Hotline coming up at 135 Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic games. They've got all your favorite table games, big-time poker room, off-track betting, everything you're looking for gaming-wise, they have it for you. They've got the best promotions, the best restaurants, bars and dining, world-class hotel, Really cool little gift shop as well. They have everything here at Riverwind. And it's going to be a festive weekend here, Memorial Day weekend. We will start uh, tomorrow night again with the uh, Beats and Bites kickoff with uh, 38 Special and uh, Blue Oyster Colt tomorrow night on the Beats and Bites stage here at Riverwind. Get your tickets at riverwind.com. Bring your folding chairs. Bring the kids. Young kids, get in free. You'll have so many dining options, not only inside here, uh, if you want to eat here and then walk over to Beats and Bites, it's right next door to the casino, um, obviously. And you can also take advantage of all the great local food trucks out there as well uh, tomorrow night for Beats and Bites 2023. All right. Why, ESPN Plus, have you not gone live with Oklahoma yet? I'm waiting. Hopefully it will be happening here in just a second. All right. Uh, Parker, I want to uh, – Interesting question posed uh, to me by uh, Josh Helmer. I came on so Plank could get out of here early, so I came on like half an hour early so we could get over to uh, Marie and I's field for the broadcast. Okay. But uh, and w- why don't we set it up with the uh, the Longhorn 8-bit opener? Can we do that? 
the Longhorn 8-bit opener. Oh, boy, i got to dig that it one is. out of mothballs. No, 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 it's it's under 526. Oh, look at you, there. updating the – well, actually, no, it's not here. Oh, no, wait, here it is. Oh, you're, you're right, you're right after all. Okay. No, I'm stupid, Steely. The Longhorn Nation 8-bit opener go. is in the queue. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Gosh, I love this so much. This is one of my favorite things about our show. <laughs> I figured you'd like that. That's why I put it in the rotation today. All right, so uh, Josh asked me this. If one of the starting quarterbacks would lose their job and not start or either be pulled from the OU Texas game, who would it be? Who's more likely, Quinn Ewers or Dylan Gabriel? Ooh. <laughs> That's a really good question right there. Like, I know it took all of my brain power to answer it, and I don't have a whole lot of brain power. That's a phenomenal question. I can't believe it took us till May to ask it. Props to Josh Helmer for that one. I would say the more likely scenario, looking at the two teams' schedules, is that Quinn Ewers gets benched before the OU Texas game because – there's no reason, like, there's no logical reason, Steely, why Oklahoma shouldn't be 5-0 and heading into that Texas game. Now, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk that they will be. All I'm saying is the five teams that they play prior to Texas, Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Iowa State, Cincinnati, if you lose any one of those five games, it's cause for alarm because none of those five teams are on your level in terms of talent. So, oh, you ought to be 5-0. and I cannot foresee a quarterback switch having happened at some point given how easy that schedule is in comparison to what Texas has to deal with, which obviously includes an early season matchup against Alabama. And as you'll recall, Steely, back in 2021, we saw Hudson Card open the season as the Longhorn starter, and it took all of two games for him to get benched because Texas was getting throttled by Arkansas, and it was Casey Thompson's season after that. So I'm not ruling out an utter debacle for Quinn Ewers at the hands of Alabama. He turns the ball over four times, something like that. Steve Sarkeesian's eventually just like, screw it, we're going to go with Malik Murphy. And I think it would be Malik Murphy. I wouldn't think it would be Arch Manning. Yeah, same here, uh, because I think some people were trying to speculate, well, you know, it's, would there be a chance, any chance you could see uh, JFA against Arch Manning at some point in the Cotton Bowl? And uh, Malik Murphy would be uh, number two for Texas, unless something changes, but I, I don't see that happening. So uh, the I will say this, the reports that we got on Arch Manning, even from some um, – hardcore texas uh fan sites were not totally glowing on arch manning i mean they weren't like he's absolutely brutal but they weren't the reports that we were getting on jackson arnold right jackson arnold people are like and even some of the players have kind of looked at like what do you think of jackson arnold they just give you a look like uh yeah well you know so i mean listen steely 
if anyone is shocked that the guy who played 6A high school football in Texas and won Gatorade Player of the Year is having an easier time adjusting to college football than the guy who played 2A high school football in the state of Louisiana, I can't help you. Yeah, and that's the thing we talked about. You saw the uh, highlights of Arch Manning, and it looked like, you know, there were some grade school defenders out there, you know, playing against him. And, again, as we said, if it was Arch Smith rather than Arch Manning for his last name, then uh, he wouldn't have been the number one recruit in the country. And, look, Arch Manning might end up being a, a good player at Texas, might even be a great player at Texas, but my money's on Jackson Arnold having a better career. Uh, than Arch Manning. All right, so Clemson has a runner on second with two out, uh, a long fly ball that was uh, caught by Jada Coleman for the first out, and another really good catch by Jada Coleman battling the wind a little bit. Uh, And then a strikeout from Jordy Ball, who's on the mound for the Sooner women uh, in this matchup. But Clemson has a two-out double. I don't know, did they score that? It looked like it got by Grace Lyons a little bit. It wasn't an easy play. But uh, runner at second, two outs, Sooners with Jordy Ball on the mound trying to get out of this inning, uh, 0-0 with Clemson again in the top of the first. So we'll see if Jordy Ball can get out of this with a runner in scoring position and, again, two outs in the first inning. Okay, um, I need to make sure I know what time it is. I can't see the time while I've got this on ES. There we go. All right, we're still at 10 minutes. Uh, five minutes, actually. All right, 405-651-3439 on the text line. Uh, I was talking to uh, Tyler, and I don't know, were you on when he asked this question the other day? And I think they did a couple minutes on it, and I thought, you know, when he told me about it, I mean, that's that's very interesting because I guess the the Alabama reporter who some dude showed up and wanted to sprinkle, like, his uncle's ashes on the field or whatever, uh, were you a part of that conversation? Yes, I was. With him, was I was in on during? that segment. Okay. Okay, so how did that – what was the uh, backstory on that deal again, how that got started? I I mean, I don't remember. I just, just – somehow we I got – I mean, it, wasn't it a reporter again with uh, some video where a guy showed up and said, can I sprinkle, you know, my granddad's ashes on the field or something like that, Yeah, right? I don't really know the origin of it. I just know at some point in the show we were talking about – college football fans getting their ashes spread on the fields of their favorite teams. If you could get your ashes spread anywhere, where would it be for you, Parker Thumb? I see Tyler asked me this yesterday and I'm like, well, hopefully I don't have to think about this for another four or five decades, but I, I, I don't know. I, you gotta have a plan though. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll spend the, Memorial the Day weekend has, thinking this over. No, I'm I'm telling you, Vegas already has a favorite, the Bucky's parking lot. No. My ashes will not get spread at a Bucky's. Bucky's and I are not that okay. tight. Well Vegas was wrong. Vegas was wrong again. And they're all often right. So all right, uh, so if you want to answer that, we can do a little bit of that. I thought that was interesting because my plan would be the 13th hole at Augusta National uh, if you could pull it off. So I don't know. The uh, the, the Augusta police are very difficult. Uh, I've seen people taken away to a torture chamber for having a cell phone on the course. I believe there's an underground bunker there. 
where they waterboard people who try and bring their cell phones in. And I also, it was the dude from Oklahoma, I believe, right, that like 10 years ago went under the ropes and scooped up some sand out of a bunker at Augusta. And they, the the Augusta police were all over him. And uh, he got charged, I believe, with something. And uh, I think it was, you might go ahead and Google up, Oklahoma man uh, uh, arrested, sand trap, something like that. They're probably Jordy Ball, by the way, with a strikeout to end the inning. And uh, Oklahoma and Clemson are scoreless through a half inning. Uh, we'll see if the Sooners can put some runs on the board in their half of the first. So Jordy Ball gets out of a jam, two-out jam, scoreless over at Marita Hines Field. Uh, but, yeah, it would be 13 at Augusta for me. But, again, I don't know. That's a very risky proposition to try and have somebody take something into Augusta. I don't know if they would allow it. My guess would be no because they'd have so many people, you know, trying to do that. But that would be my choice. All right. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We have Brandon Drum coming up at 135 right here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. I'm here at Riverwind getting ready for a great Memorial Day weekend. We're going to have a great time. Beats and Bites tomorrow night. Beats and Bites get started for the 2023 season. 38 special and Blue Oyster Cult on stage here tomorrow night. It'll be a lot of fun, and it'll be a great night weather-wise, too, it looks like, uh, temperature-wise. Get on out here. Bring the kiddos. Young kids get in free. Tickets, only 10 bucks a piece. Heck of a deal. All right, break time here from Riverwind. Coming right back. We'll get to the text line next right here on the ref. Back with you here at Riverwind Casino. Are you ready for the Memorial Day weekend, three-day weekend, hopefully for you? And, uh, man, I'm ready. I know that. I know that. And uh, watching what's going on at Marita Hines Field, I will say this. The uh, Sooners are coming out very aggressive against Valerie Cagle, swinging at first pitches. Jada Coleman first pitch from the uh, National Player of the Year candidate. You know, Jada Coleman made uh, the top ten. But Valerie Cagle in the top three, the Clemson pitcher and slugger, and uh, doubled off the uh, left field wall to starts. And uh, T.R.A. Jennings moved her to third with a long fly ball out. Looked like that ball might leave the yard. But they are coming out there being aggressive against Valerie Cagle. A runner on third base, Jada Coleman, with one out right now. Marita Hines Field, we are scoreless in the bottom of the first inning. And Haley Lee lifts one way back and. Man, another warning track shot. That's going to score Jada Coleman, but they are they're hitting the ball deep off uh, Valerie Cagle, one of the best pitchers in uh, college softball, and, again, they're being very aggressive, uh, which is, I think, what they need to be. Uh, so, I mean, Tiare Jennings was probably five feet away from a home run. Haley Lee, about the same. But, again, Oklahoma leads one to nothing in the bottom of the first inning on the uh, sack fly that plays Jada Coleman from third base. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. By the way, Sooner softball updates, uh, you know, you're going to be getting those uh, as we move along, obviously, throughout the program. I'm watching it right here on ESPN+. Plus. Sooner softball updates. 
Brought to you by Orthostad in Norman. Injuries, not convenient at all, but Orthostad is. Same day, orthopedic care. No appointment needed. How you doing, Colin? Call Orthostat at 405-515-5575. You want to jump on for one second? Can you get, like, uh, can we get you for, like, 90 seconds right now? Is that possible? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Because I want you to tell us about Beats and Bites. Our man Colin from Marketing Promotions, one day he'll be a music superstar as well. He'll either be singing tunes or writing them, one or the other. How are we doing? Good. Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, ready to kick off Beats and Bites tomorrow night. Uh, the weather looks like it's going to be good. We're keeping the rain away, hopefully. I know temperature-wise it looks great. How are you feeling about tomorrow night? Hey, everything's looking good. Um, ticket sales are going awesome. There's going to be a great turnout tomorrow. Um, super excited for the bands. Weather's looking good. We've been out there all day setting up, getting super excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, and I love you know, you can, can they bring their cowbell? Because Blue Oyster Cold with Don't Fear the Reaper, that is the song from the SNL skit, More Cowbell. I can't in good conscience turn them away if they do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so bring your cowbell if you want to to play along. So uh, end of one inning now, and it's Oklahoma 1, Clemson 0 at the uh, Super Regional over at Marita Heinz Field. Okay, for those who don't know, who haven't been to Beats and Bites yet, uh, it's a great value. I mean, the tickets are only 10 bucks. Young kids get in free. Tell everybody what the Beats and Bites environment's all about and why it's special. So we like to do it as kind of like a give-it-back-to-the-community type, basically festival party thing for just the year. So going to have bands out there. We've got food trucks out there. There's going to be inflatables, face painting for the kids to do. Uh, it's just a fun family atmosphere. Yeah, and uh, it's a great time, and it looks like, again, the weather's going to be very nice, and uh, it's, it's going to be a great time. And then when we have uh, the July show, you get the fireworks, fireworks as well, show. right? It's a really awesome fireworks show, too. And you coordinate all these bands. You do a great job bringing in some great musical acts. And uh, we know that we've got shows coming to the Showplace Theater recently. We announced Foreigner, uh, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis. Got more on the way? Got more on the way. I don't know that you can uh, give us any information yet, but more big names coming, right? More on the way, but I can't tease them just yet. Okay, sounds good. Colin, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. You guys do a great job in promotions, marketing, and uh, everybody's excited about Beats and Bites uh, kicking off tomorrow night. Thank you so much. We'll see you all out there. Colin Olson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of the great guys out here, and Riverwind, they do a tremendous job. Thank you, Colin. All right. Um, you want to get a couple texts in, Parker Thune? Well, I think before we head to the text line, we should also talk a little bit of Sooner Baseball because that's a program that's yeah, going to be fighting for, for sure. their tournament lives later today in the Big 12 tournament down there in Arlington. They had a 9-5 lead yesterday against Texas Tech. The Red Raiders came all the way back, scored three runs in the bottom of the ninth, walked them off. And so the Sooners are going to have to go the long way if they want to make it to a second consecutive Big 12 championship series and have a prayer of winning the conference tournament for a second straight year. Now, that said, we've seen this team show resilience in the past. Have no doubt they'll continue to. But Texas Tech is in the driver's seat right now in the Big 12 tournament as far as baseball is concerned. Feels like the Sooners are a safe bet to make regionals, though, right now, Steely. So at least they've got that out there in front of them. 
Yeah, I, I think T. Rose said he thought maybe about 55, about, I think he said 60%. He thought even if they lo- lose this Bedlam matchup to Oklahoma State tonight, that uh, because of the metrics they would get in. The one that doesn't look good is the conference record, being seventh, uh, the seventh-place team in your conference. But, I, you know, I feel like you're going to have to sweat it out a little bit. You lose this Bedlam matchup at 630 tonight. But if you win this game, and then, of course, uh, you would have to beat Tech twice to get to the championship game. But, and that man, they, they had such an opportunity to be in the driver's seat last night. I mean, no doubt about it. But I, I think if you win this game, you would be even on your series, 3-3 three and three against Oklahoma State. Um, this would be huge. I would feel super confident if they win this matchup. I feel fairly confident, you know, if they lose this one. But we'll see what happens. All right, so we're in the uh, second inning again over at Marina Hines Field, and uh, the Sooners lead Clemson one zip. Clemson with Valerie Cagle on the mound, the uh, National Player of the Year candidate, and the Sooners hit her pretty hard, I thought, in that first inning. And again, a sack fly off the bat of uh, Haley Lee scoring Jada Coleman uh, from third, and Oklahoma leads one to nothing. All right, 405 651 34. 39 somebody, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Somebody from the 580 asked, why is it that OU softball is on ESPN2, but yet a few select other teams are on ESPN? Is this a contract issue or shunning OU? Well, quite frankly, I think it's ne- neither. I think it's OU being a victim of their own dominance. Because let me ask you this. Let me put this in football terms. Would you rather on a Saturday evening, watch a primetime game in the fall between Georgia and Vanderbilt or LSU and Florida? The vast majority of the population would say LSU-Florida. And that's because, obviously, if you get a Georgia-Vanderbilt matchup, one is so far superior to the other, so so much clearly better, that what's going to end up happening is... In all likelihood, Georgia's going to win that game running away, and then everybody's going to be sitting there asking, why on earth didn't we get this other matchup between two teams that were more evenly matched in primetime? So that is a prime example of OU softball being a victim of their own dominance right there. I I agree with your assessment. All right. Uh, tell you what, why don't we do this since uh, – we want to spend as much time with Brandon Drama as we can in the next segment. Why don't we take a break a, a minute early here? And, uh, again, we're going to come back. We'll get Brandon Drama, OU Insider, Rivals Network, on the Riverwind Hotline with us at 405-329-9000. Uh, break down what's happening recruiting-wise. And, again, right now at Marita Hines Field, it is uh, Oklahoma leading Clemson 1-zip in the uh, top of the second inning with two outs for the Tigers facing Jordy Ball. Nobody on in this half of the inning. All right, break time. Brandon Drum joins us next right here on The Ref. Brandon Drum joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. OU Insider Rivals Network joins us every Friday. Real quick before we get to Brandon, uh, now going to the bottom of the second inning, Oklahoma leads Clemson. One zip. Jordy Ball got out of a little bit of a jam again. Runner in scoring position. Clemson batter uh, fouled off uh, the pitch. And uh, Kenzie Hansen made a great play uh, behind the plate to uh, to grab the pop-up and end the threat by Clemson. 
And again, through an inning and a half at Marina Hines Field, it's Oklahoma 1 and the Tigers nothing in the Norman Super Regional. Brandon Drum joining us. Uh, Brandon, before we, not that we're going to put it completely to rest, nothing's over until, uh, you know, the uh, national letter of intent is sent. We saw that with Peyton Bowen a year ago. But anything you want to add, what's... uh, What's your final take, at least for for a while, on the holes of Davian Sims and the message boards and all that stuff? Any final comment? What lesson do we know? Uh, just your your general thoughts. Uh, I think I guess everybody's kind of moved on. I guess is the, the general take. I think Oklahoma has every right to be upset, and, uh, but I think everybody's moved on, and you know, I think. Maybe time heals all wounds. I don't. I don't. I don't really know how that's going to play out. I, I assume at some point time will heal all the wounds there, and you know, maybe down the line things could change a little bit. But uh, as of now, it's just it's a it's a rough patch for everybody, and uh, I think they're trying to you know move into more positive thinking heading into the official visit uh, month. Okay, Brandon. So, in more positive news, well, let me—I guess—let me put it this way: What is some more positive news that you have to share for Sooner fans as far as the pursuit of blue chip interior defensive line talent? Oh man, uh, I mean, you can probably expect five-star defensive lineman David Stone back um, on campus before he even takes his official visit on the sixteenth. Um, but uh, outside of that, I think it's just, you know, it, the official visit month is going to be big, and that's the only way I can look at it. I mean, right now it's just that's how it is. Brandon Drummo, you insider, joining us uh, again on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, talked to Parker about this earlier, and he said if the Sooners – uh, you know, end up signing three running backs. One of those will be Xavier Robinson uh, because he can also, you know, be an H-back. If uh, Xavier Robinson ends up, say, at Notre Dame or wherever, it would be two. Um, what kind of a shot do you think the Sooners have right now at the recently crowned new number one running back in the national rankings, Taylor Tatum, right now? And if you had to pick two that Oklahoma would end up with, who would you go with right now, Brandon? Probably uh, probably Xavier Robinson, even though Notre Dame leads. And then I would probably go with Taylor Tatum. I think Oklahoma's in a really good spot there. I think they, they've done a really good job recruiting him. I think, you know, uh, he's got Michigan, obviously. He's got Oklahoma um, and a couple other schools that he's looking at right now to take an official visit to. Um, but overall, I think uh, Taylor Tatum – Xavier Robinson being the in-state guy. I think once he takes his official on the 16th, I think that's going to be big for Oklahoma. Uh, and maybe they can stop the, the relationship aspect that he has with the son McCall at Notre Dame. Uh, but, uh, again, I think that the, the official visit, I think the um, for Xavier Robinson, I think that's probably the biggest, biggest deal for Oklahoma right now is to get him on campus uh, and let DeMarco worry. DeMarco Murray do work because at some point in time you have to stop letting guys leave the state and I think Oklahoma really does want Xavier Robinson 
Um, I talked to him a little bit. He just wants to continue building that relationship. I think Desan McCullough has a better relationship with him than DeMarco Murray at this time, but it's not by much. Uh, and I, I think after he takes, I think his fourth official will be Oklahoma State after he goes to OU. And after that's done, he said he's going to make a decision. I think it's going to be Oklahoma at the end of the day because uh, I think they do end up holding everybody off. And then with Taylor Tatum, the relationship actually is better with him than everybody else, with DeMarco Murray. So um, I think at the end of the day, those are going to be your two guys. Brandon, as far as offensive line in this 2024 class, the Sooners are getting prepared to host a bunch of official visitors in the month of June within that position group. And you have one commit in Isaiah Autry, but outside of that, I would say you look at this group and you look at the linebacker group as the two position groups where it's not really clear who all you end up with in the class or who you even have a higher percentage of landing than some of their peers. So, if you're throwing darts right now, who are three or four guys you think have a really good chance of ending up in Oklahoma's class at the offensive line position? Oh, man. Um, I guess I would go Zandamella. Uh, he's going to visit uh, on the on June 9th. Um, man, Casey Poe. Um, hang, man. Uh <laughs> I think offensive line is probably one of the harder positions to get a really good gauge for. Um, I, I don't, I don't know outside of those two right now. I guess Warren Bennett would be would be another guy, or Bennett Warren, excuse me, would be another guy that that I would say that Oklahoma's in a really good spot for. Um, I think they have done a really good job with him. He's not going to visit Oregon like we all thought he was going to at one point. Oklahoma battle. So I would say those those three are the guys the the, the guys that I tend to uh, lean towards, and then maybe a Caden Massey type, but you would know better than I would with Caden Massey. So uh, those other three are guys that I've actually talked to, and I feel pretty good about right now. Brandon Drum on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, part of the Rivals Network, OU Insider, obviously. Uh, let's talk just about a general feeling about how things are going for Oklahoma right now. I saw some stuff on Twitter the other night. This happens after, you know, one of their, their top prospects commits to, you know, somewhere else like Zadavian Sims did last Saturday to Oregon. Uh, I'm seeing some panic. Oh, we're not going to get Wesco. Not going to get Winery. They're not going to get Stone. I mean, the, the doomsday, the boomer doomers are out there. They're not, they're not really prevalent right now but you're starting to see some of the boomer doomers coming up uh on social media a little bit more how are you feeling about the general direction of the sooners right now overall good feeling about the way this class could shape up i uncertainty what are you thinking i think it's going to be just fine i mean and it's not sunshine pumping Uh, fans are creatures of habit and so they're used to seeing Oklahoma land a bunch of bunch of prospects early, a bunch of targets early. Like, that's what they're used to under Riley's regime. Like, everybody would come in, and they would land a lot of guys early, and then you would land a few late. And that would be how the, the class generally turned out. Well, with Venables, it's they want everybody to take their visits, and they want everybody to be sure, because once you commit to Oklahoma, those visits can't be taken. 
And you saw that last year. May rolled around. They got three or four commits. June rolled around. They got five or six. And then there was the massive July where I think they ended up with nine or ten. I can't remember. Maybe 11. I can't remember the exact total. But um, that's going to be how it plays out this year, too. Fans are just going to have to be a little bit more patient. You're going to you're going to watch some of these programs take commits and commitments from guys that are going to be taking visits. Oklahoma's not going to do that, and that's where it's just very very different with Oklahoma than it is a lot of other programs. And it's something that Oklahoma fans are just going to have to get used to. It, it's just going to take time. It may take two or three cycles for fans to go okay. Yeah, this is how it's going to be. Nothing to worry about. Come July, June, July, August, we're going to be just fine and back in the top ten. And I think that's how it's going to play out again this year. Uh, you see the top, the top targets they're in on. They can't miss on all of those. They're in on like 50 of the top, what, 400 kids. I'm sure they can land at least, you know, a third, if not more. And at that point, you have to feel pretty good if you're Oklahoma and you're an Oklahoma fan. So I think the coming months, just be patient, deal with the drama, deal with the roller coasters of recruiting. Come August, I think you're going to be singing a different tune if you're an Oklahoma fan. Now, Brandon, last question before we let you go here, but this is a topic we revisit every few weeks with you because it is kind of the one area with regard to this 2024 class where there's not a ton of clarity right now. That linebacker group, and Brent Venables, of course, a guru when it comes to recruiting and developing and evaluating linebackers. Who ends up in the class at that position for Oklahoma if you got a pick right now? I guess Easton Baker and, I don't know, Braden Platt. <laughs> I don't know. I think those are, I mean, I'm assuming you probably think the same right now, Parker. Um, so, uh, I look, I used to think Jordan Lockhart was in there. I talked to a strong authority on that particular position and was told, no, uh, Oklahoma's kind of backed off of them a little bit, or backed off of him a little bit. Um, obviously, Sammy Brown's coming in on the 16th. That's a long shot, but Oklahoma feels better than fans or people like myself or people like Parker feel about that situation. So um, I guess you could throw him into the fray as, potential, but I think it's a long shot. At the end of the day, I think you're looking at, you know, Easton Baker and Braden Platt, and if nothing else, I think Oklahoma will get an official visit from Ty Ty Anthony Smith, uh, but I think it's going to be on the latter part of June if that takes place. Brandon, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, you guys too. Thank you, guys. Brandon Drum joining us, and uh, it sounded like he might have been at Bucky's. Parker, what do you think? Was he at, at a Bucky's payphone? I sure hope so. I mean, I know he was out in Chicago, yeah. Oklahoma earlier today. Ah, so I don't, I don't, I don't, that dude is always on the road. I don't know of a Bucky's out that way, but there is no better stop on a road trip anywhere than. Bucky's America, wherever that may be. There you go. 
All right, uh, Sooners lead after two innings, 2 nothing over Clemson in the Super Regional. Grace Lyons scores from third base on a pass ball uh, with Riley Boone at the plate. And uh, Oklahoma, 2, Clemson, 0. Jordy Ball on the mound. Uh, they've, Clemson has had a couple of uh, runners in scoring position, one in the first, one in the second, and the Sooners have been able to work their way out of those jams. And, again, I love they've been super aggressive at the plate and on the bases uh, with Valerie Cagle, the ace pitcher for Clemson in this matchup. So it's 2 nothing in favor of Oklahoma through two innings at Marina Hines Field. This OU's championship run update brought to you by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, they're not convenient, but orthostat is very convenient. Same-day orthopedic care, no appointment needed. Call orthostat at 405-515-5575. That's 405-515-5575. Or visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. Here at Riverwind, one more segment to go before we get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The ref. Okay, we are back here at Riverwind Casino. Beats and Bites 2023 kicks off tomorrow night outdoors here at Riverwind with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Colt. Going to be a heck of a show. We had Colin Olson on uh, with us from uh, Promotions Marketing and uh, talking about they're ready to go. They're ready to go. All the big-time food trucks are going to be set up there. And we're going to have great weather. So it looks like it's going to be a really good night and about perfect temperature-wise for some great music outdoors at Beats and Bites 2023 uh, with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Colt out here at Riverwind Casino presented by Coop Ale Works. Uh, tonight is steak night at the River Buffet. Tomorrow night is seafood night. They've got a big-time brunch on Sunday. New member seven program. If you've uh, been out of here, but maybe you didn't get a Riverwind uh, wild card, your own wild card for whatever reason, they're free. It won't cost you a thing. You can upgrade to elite, premium, stuff like that. But the Riverwind wild card, the basic wild card, is going to help you immensely in terms of promotions and all the giveaways here at Riverwind. So, uh, once again, they have the new member seven program where you can win up to $450 in one day by getting yourself a brand new Riverwind wild card. We are in the uh, bottom of the, uh, or it's the uh, top of the uh, third now. And uh, Clemson with a runner at first, runner at second with two outs against Jordy Ball, Oklahoma leading Clemson. Two zip in the Norman Super Regional, but again, Clemson with a couple runners on and two outs facing Jordy Ball and the Sooners. Uh, all right, so Parker, what is the, did anything, any new developments with this Philip Paya, the Utah State D lineman? Was there an offer there? Is there an offer there? Is it a PWO? What's going on? Rumors, you know, with Jacob Lacey. What are we hearing? Anything new on that front? Yeah, no, he he does have a scholarship offer. He somehow has two years of eligibility left. I can't figure how, but uh, does have a scholarship offer. Going to visit next week. Uh, I talked to Phil last night. Feels like he's going to end up at OU right now. That's the sense that I get. And what about the uh, the rumors floating around about Jacob Lacey maybe being unavailable or something? What are, we, just, what are we seeing there? Is this all speculation or what? I just don't want to touch that right now. I think I'm better off if I don't. 
just wait and see uh, wait and see what happens all right uh anything that you want to get off your mind before we get out of here uh, we've talked uh uh, Sooner Baseball again, 6.30 tonight. Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oh, are the Celtics going to become the first team in the history of the NBA to come back from a three-games-to-none deficit and win this series against the Miami Heat? I think they're going to do it, Parker. What do you think? They have to win, obviously, game six uh, in Miami tomorrow night, but I think they're going to do it, Then I think they're going to win game seven next Monday in Boston. By the way, Jordy Ball strikeout in the inning. So, again, 2-0 in favor of Oklahoma. Uh, Clemson has had some runners on. I think they've stranded four now, if I'm not mistaken. But Jordy Ball with a great fastball strikes out uh, the Clemson hitter for the final out. And it's 2-0 headed to the bottom of the third inning, OU and Clemson. What do you think? Celtics get it done? I will be honest with you, Steely. I haven't watched a single minute of the NBA playoffs. So, I do not feel qualified to answer that question with anything more than emotional rhetoric. So I, I'll be the contrarian. I'll say the Heat close it out and deny the Celtics. By the way, Jim in Arlington has ruined my life. Jim in Arlington on the text line really has brought me to my figurative knees. Jim in Arlington sent this text ten minutes ago. Parker, did you know Bucky's is owned by a Texas A&M graduate? and donor so Bucky's, and he sent a news story to accompany uh that revelation and it is true apparently arch applin a 1980 texas a&m graduate is the founder of Bucky's, and he is not surprisingly a major texas a&m donor so tragically steely if we're connecting the dots here Bucky's is partially to you blame helped by DJ for David Hicks. Hicks. That's what happened. You helped. You just helped by DJ Hicks at I A&M last fund, year, and you didn't know it. I helped fund David Hicks's commitment to the Texas A&M Aggies. I'm going to need to go home and do some serious introspection wow. tonight. Actually, here's what's <laughs> happening. Actually, here's what's happening. I'm driving back to texas the san antonio area this weekend with my fiance and we'll probably make multiple bucky stops regardless but walking into bucky's i will not be able to dissociate the memory of finding out that david hicks's commitment to texas a&m was partially funded by my transactions at bucky's how about that? I thought maybe it was going to be former A&M quarterback Bucky Richardson, but uh, that's not the Bucky who um, has Bucky's. So, anyway. All right. Uh, tomorrow night here at Riverwind, opening night, 2023 Beats and Bites. It's going to be a great time with Blue Oyster Colts and with 38 Special on the Beats and Bites stage. You can bring the kids, they, the face painting, their inflatables that the kids can, you know, enjoy during the show. Uh, we've got all the best local food trucks out here, craft beer from Coop Ale Works. Bring your folding chairs, bring your appetite, bring your ears for some great music from Blue Oyster Colt and 38 Special tomorrow night at Beats and Bites 2023. It's going to be a heck of a time, and it's always uh, a good time out here at Riverwind Casino because they do the best job of any casino in the metro area in terms of promotions and concerts great dining incredible service world-class hotel 
everything here at Riverwind is first class. I want to thank Justin, Colin, Reed, everybody out here at Riverwind for hosting us again. Also, want to wish you a great Memorial Day weekend. Remember what it's all about. Those who serve, we appreciate them so much. Also, we will see you on Tuesday. Parker, have a safe trip. We'll see you next week. Everybody take care.